just invite you, if you will, to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, I want to talk to you about seasons of life for just a moment and um, being able to stand in the season um, and not just cave in because of a, a dark time or a difficult time in our life. And I wanted to read a few verses beginning in verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Thank you for being here tonight. We'll receive an offering after this, um, and then we'll go into a little bit of worship and maybe pray for some more needs that are here tonight. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And I want to pause here for just a moment. And I just want to say something to you. If you just look up at me for just a moment, we'll go back together. But I have something that's really important I want you to hear. You are not the church. We are the church. The church is not one person. As you just read, the church is many, and the many are one. And we need to have that revelation again, especially in America, that the church is a body represented in the form of a human body. In Ephesians chapter 3, it's represented in the form of a holy temple where every brick, if you will, is fitly joined together for a habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. So I just want you to recognize that. Because a lot of times, and I understand how we're saying it when we say, well, I'm the church. I understand that, but you're not by yourself. And you were never intended to be by yourself. You were never intended to be a lone Christian. You're intended to be a part of a living organism that the Holy Spirit builds up Himself for His glory and for His habitation. So just remember that as we come into the next few scriptures, especially this one in verse 15. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? And I want to pause there, if you will. Just look up at me for a moment. And I just want to express to you something in these verses that we just read that I pray you will take to heart in your life. And it is this important truth that Paul just wrote about. You cannot, as a member of Christ, you cannot say or have the attitude that they don't need me that I'm irrelevant, that there's nothing that I do to contribute to the cause of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit 
gave you new life, redeemed you, and He put you into the body where it pleases Him. You may not be doing the exact things that you want to do, but it's not about you. It's about where the Holy Spirit puts you and what He wants to do. It pleases Him where He puts us in the body. God has joined you to FNT. He's made you a part of this body. This is where you belong. It may not always be a delightful place for you. There could be times where it's very troublesome. It could be times of affliction. It could be times of confusion for you. And in our culture today, it's so easy to just isolate ourselves and have this, this thought or this attitude, I'm not important. Nobody needs me. Nobody wants me. Nobody cares about me. I'm not much when it comes to the church. And that is an attitude or a thought that does not originate with the Holy Spirit. It does not come from God. And if we do not attack that thought carefully and quickly, then that thought could begin to bring damage into our own life and into the body that we say that we love. So I, want, I just want you to understand from these verses of Scripture You cannot say, if you're born again, you cannot say that the church does not need me. You cannot believe that your role in the body of Christ is irrelevant. Because you are where the Holy Spirit has placed you and it pleases Him. Now as we continue, it says this, verse 20, But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness or beauty. For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And I just want to say this, there's no hierarchy in the body of Christ. There's positions in the body of Christ. There are various functions in the body of Christ. There are offices in the body of Christ. But simply because somebody is placed in a particular office or has a particular function in the body of Christ that many may esteem, it doesn't mean that the other members are less valuable. So just as nobody that's born again and in the body of Christ can say that I'm irrelevant and the church does not need me. And if I didn't show up, they wouldn't even know if I was missing. That is a horrible attitude because it's not if anybody recognizes you or not. 
It's where it pleases the Holy Spirit. And He knows. And so therefore, He wants us to be a part of the body, knit together and functioning. In the same way that we could never say to a part of the body of Christ, or for me to say as the body of Christ, I'm irrelevant, I'm not special, I, I don't contribute anything to the body of Christ. It's similar that those places in the body of Christ, people on the stage, people that lead a Bible study, people that lead a mission, people that lead a ministry, cannot look upon other members of the body of Christ and say to them, you are irrelevant. I don't need you. The head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. Where would the body be? If the body were not composed of many different parts that are different to make up the one body, the whole. And so there should never be the attitude in the body of Christ that you feel more valuable, you feel more holy, you feel more special, and therefore you are better than somebody else in the body of Christ. I am no better than anybody else here because I'm on a stage with a microphone. This gives me no value. It gives me no more value than you hold in your life. It's just a position in the body that God has placed me that it pleases Him. But you are just as relevant. Keith Babin and I were having lunch today, and one of the things that, that we, we spoke about is, you know, the holiest people in the church are probably not on the stage. But we tend to think that they are. But they're probably not. But that's the way we give false esteem to various members of the body of Christ when Paul says we should give everybody the same care. Everybody should have the same esteem and value and that we should respect every part of the body of Christ, that there would be no schisms among us. And so I'm coming to this because there's just some things that have been on my heart, particularly since last Sunday at the 9 o'clock service that I wanted to share with you about seasons of our life and as it concerns our pleasing the Lord, pleasing the Holy Spirit, and being in our place, being in the body, really being the church. It is impossible for you to hear what I just said and think that you can stop functioning in your role, isolate yourself from the body of Christ, Stay away from church or stay away from fellowship because you're going through a difficult season. If you had any idea of the battles and the struggles that I face on a Sunday morning because of my life on Saturday or Friday or Thursday or my failures or my sins of the past week and I come in here on a Sunday morning and I have to preach... Or the affliction of my life. Or the self-pity that I go through. And I, I would probably say that I can do self-pity as good as any of you. And I can do the depression game as good as any of you. And to feel absolutely valueless. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm the uh, president of the club. You don't believe that because I'm up here. But being up here means nothing to me 
only that this is where he would want me to be. And so I want you to understand there has to be a revelation of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ has been under attack by the body of Christ. And and this must not be. There must not be schisms in the body of Christ. There must not be. And the Holy Spirit is able to deal with and handle whatever issues that may go on in his body, if indeed it is his body. And so I want to go to Ephesians 6, and then I'm going to go to one other scripture. But in Ephesians chapter 6, I just want you to see this, because I'm coming to the issue of seasons in just a moment. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us this in verse 10. He says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, first of all, in verse 11... It teaches us that the devil indeed has strategies for you. He has a strategy to attack your life. And one of the most common strategies and tools that the devil uses is for you to feel irrelevant. For you to think that nobody loves you. Nobody cares for me. Nobody misses me. Nobody likes me. Nobody invites me. And we begin to get into that emotional turmoil, that quicksand, if you will, that quickly causes us to spiral downwards to a place where we're not pleasing the Lord and we begin to fight the wrong battle. We're no longer fighting principalities and powers, but we're fighting flesh and blood. And typically what happens is we strike the body of Christ. You might as well grab Jesus by the beard and just slap his face when you go on Facebook and belittle the church of Jesus Christ. Because that's his body. And maybe it didn't live up to your estimation. Maybe it didn't perform the way that you wanted it to perform. But when you strike a member of the body, you're hitting Jesus. That has to matter to you. It has to matter to me. So that I can walk through the season of life that I'm in and I don't like and I don't understand. Because I know that that season is going to end and when it does... I want to come through it knowing that I didn't hit Jesus because I didn't like where I was or what I didn't like what I thought was happening to me and I didn't understand it. So we're fighting against this well-organized principality that has strategies against you and according to the scriptures, one of the chief strategies of the devil is to cut you off, to make you feel Unloved, not wanted, not relevant. Have you ever felt that way? Your quietness speaks very loud. 
course you felt that way. You may feel that way tonight. And what you're up against is a spiritual warfare that wants to take you down. The bumping around from church to church, place to place, not knit in the body where the Holy Spirit puts me, it becomes very difficult for us to be able to produce in that body where the Holy Spirit has placed us so that it can be strong and it can accomplish all that God desires for it to accomplish. So we're against this spiritual wickedness in high places in verse 12. So he tells us in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. And I'm not going to go into the armory that we've been given, but I would just submit to you, if you look at the armory, the whole armor of God, it's the new covenant. You put on the new covenant. It's Jesus Christ. That's what you put on. That is your armory that you put on. Put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh, because if I don't put on Christ, I'm going to strike you. I'm going to resist you. I'm going to fight back with flesh and blood. Because that is my nature, but that's not the nature of Jesus Christ. You hurt me, I hurt you. You gossip about me, I gossip about you. You slander me, I slander you. That's what we do. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. And so I want you to understand as we go into this, these strategies of the devil, hell fighting us, Paul says, take on the whole armor of God, stand in the power of his might, and having done all to stand, stand. And sometimes in the night seasons of your life, you just have to stand. And I would say, as I tried to do, and I don't do very well, stand and keep my mouth shut. And trust the Lord and believe God. For the season to end, that God brings me to a place and God gives me grace in the midst of the season. That if I do get hit, Jesus comes out. That, that when I feel the desire to withdraw from the church, which I do, I have considered many invitations to go to other churches and minister where maybe I'll be successful there. Maybe I'll be loved there. I've, I've faced it. I'm not saying you don't love me. It's just me and my pathetic pity, right? So don't blame yourself. I'm just blaming me. And, and we go to these places. I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to stand. And I want to weather the storm. I want to resist the darkness and the strategies of Satan against my life because I've put on Jesus Christ and the storm is going to end and the winds are going to stop blowing and at the, all of that is over. I don't want to be the Christian who's been leveled, their testimony slaughtered, and then we wonder why our families are not giving their hearts to Jesus Christ. We wonder why they don't want to go to church with us when we've been slandering the church on social media or slandering our Christian brothers and sisters on social media, even if we feel that we have the right. And then we wonder why the harvest is not coming in. It's amazing that this just slips our minds and our understanding, but it's amazing what the dark seasons of our life will cause us to do because we're not fully aware that it's the devil, we just think it's them. 
It's a mean church. It's mean people. That's a mean group. They ignore you. They exclude you. They don't include you. That's No, those, all of those things are the strategies of hell. If it's a mean church, make it lovely. If it's mean people, get in the midst of them and be the nice one. Make the change by the power of the Holy Spirit that needs to occur within the body so that the Holy Spirit gets the pleasure in our life. I just pray that you understand that. Now, I want you to know this because Satan does strategize against us and he will fight us. You will feel the intense pressure of the war. You will feel it. Jesus never said that he will shelter you from these storms or these dark nights of the soul or from the attacks of the enemy. You're going to feel it. You're going to feel the breath of the devil on you. All of these things are going to come real to your life. And it's difficult and it's really hard sometimes to just do what God says. But he says, just stand, stand in that. And I want to read Isaiah 50. This is the last scripture that I want to read to you. This has been, I would say, one of the scriptures that I tend to read almost every day. Um, It's meant a lot to me. It's helped me through so much. And I'm just going to speak to you about some things that I believe the Holy Spirit has shared with me about these two verses that has really helped me. I'm going to give you one thing that if you will take it to heart, you will really be glad that you did. In Isaiah 50, verse 10, it says, Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. In 2009, the Lord moved me into a season of my life that was the darkest season I'd ever faced in my life. And still seemed to be walking through so many of those places. I told the Lord I did not want to go. I told the Lord, no. God said to me, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm telling you where I'm taking you. And I'm telling you this, you better stay close to me. I am the only one who knows the way out. There are people in our fellowships, there are people in our lives that become overwhelmed with life, overwhelmed with sorrow. They don't want to talk to me when they're that way. Because they say, I know what Lee's going to say. Lee's going to say, just praise God. Yep. Because he saved my life. Stay close to Jesus. Keep walking in the darkness. And that's the question I ask with you. Can you walk with God in the dark? And you would be surprised how many people can't. Can you walk with God in the dark? And if you're walking, you're standing. Can you walk with God in the dark? Verse 11 is the alternative. Behold, all you that kindle a fire, that compass or surround yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire. And in the sparks that you've kindled, 
But this you shall have of my hand. You shall lie down in sorrow. You won't be walking and you will not be standing. You will be laying down in sorrow. And I just say this to you. If you put a light on what you're not supposed to see, it will consume you with sorrow. There are things God does not want you to see. You can't handle these things that God hides in the dark. But we so badly want to see. But how great is the faith of a person who when it's dark and the season is hard and I want to quit and I don't want to go on and I don't know where I'm stepping, but I'm with my God and I trust Him in the night season and I'm walking with Him in the dark. And if he wants me to have light, he's going to give me light. But how often do we have the opportunity to light our own fire, create our own sparks? What is this? Counsel with your heart. David said that was one of the worst things that I ever did. When I took counsel in my own heart, David said it was horrible. Don't do that. Don't counsel yourself, and for God's sake, don't counsel with Dr. Phil or Oprah. And be careful when you counsel with your friends who are your friends, and they want to sympathize with you. Don't look for sympathy when you're dealing with self-pity. You're just creating your own spark. You're creating somebody that's going to foster or, or condone or enable your emotional state. Speak with God. Talk to God like Job did. Stand upon the truth of God. Know that it's a season and that God will bring you through it. And talk to those that have walked through it. And at the end of their seasons, they were standing. And they proved and trusted God. Now let's face it. Every one of us have fallen in particular seasons. We have not all been perfect. Only Jesus would be the one that's perfect. But if I could repeat this to you. If you put a light on what you're not supposed to see you're going to be very sorry that you did. You're going to blame people. You're going to cut people off of your life. You're going to blame God. You're going to totally misunderstand the season that you're in. And instead of understanding the strategies of Satan against your life, you're going to deduce that this is wrong and they are wrong and God is wrong and all of this is painful and nobody loves me and nobody cares about me and why should I even go? Nobody would even know if I wasn't there and all these things that we could say and God says you're going to lay down in sorrow because those are the lights that you lit. I didn't give you that kind of light. God would not do it. What I'm going to give you is the ability to walk through it. Thank God that we can walk through it. And I give you this word of counsel. In a season of the night, in the dark seasons of your life, when life is hard, trials are great, you don't know what's going on, you don't understand, you don't feel loved, your emotions are chaotic in your life, 
Just a lot of instability. And we've all been there. And we will all be in seasons like that again. Do not make life-changing decisions. Stand and walk in the path of God. It is not the time. This is where people mess up. Because they begin to think, well, the grass is greener over there. No, it's not. It's not greener over there. It's not greener anywhere. It's green where God is. Walk with God. Even the desert is green with God. Walk with God and stay with God and be faithful to God. Numbers of marriages have ended because of the confusing seasons of life where a spouse would say, I just don't love him anymore. Stand. Walk through the darkness with God. You'll love him again, especially if you're a Christian. You'll love him again. You'll love her again. But how many people in those seasons of life with the strategies of hell against their life have made life-changing decisions to end their marriages, to end friendships, to end relationships, to leave churches because they have faced a moment in life that was not fun and it was not easy and I didn't feel loved. I thank God that the exhortation of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14 is don't be the person who needs to be accepted, the person who needs to be loved, but be the person who accepts and the person who loves. Don't be the person who sits around and says, why doesn't anybody ever invite me to do something? Be the person who invites other people. And you will not have enough time to complain about the things that you feel left out of. And your reward will be great with God. And what Satan meant to use to destroy you, God will have saved you. And so I tell you, through these seasons of life that we all deal with, young and old, be careful with your emotions because your emotions oftentimes lie. And the devil will certainly lie. And in the darkness, we do not know. But we trust the one who does. Because even the darkness is light to God. And just like Billy said, I heard him say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So I went back to bed. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship. Would you stand with me? I want to ask the ushers to come. They're going to come around. This is going to be an act of our worship. Prepare your tithes and offerings. Remember what I said Wednesday night or Sunday. Please remember this. Maybe you don't have the faith to be a giver. But I want to ask you, would you start somewhere? Would you just start somewhere in your giving? Give something tonight. Just start somewhere in faith, in grace. Just go ahead if y'all would. And could I ask, now listen, while, while they're going around, y'all just look at me. They will not run into you, so look at me. Would you do me a favor, please? Would y'all do me a favor? Can we not be fake? If you're hurting, you can hurt with us. 
We're not going to hurt you back. If you're going through that season, you don't have to pretend that you're not. I've openly confessed to you my struggles, my sense of failure, my self-pity. But if you're here tonight and you're going through that, would you ask the Lord tonight for the grace to stand? For the ability, the faith to walk with God in the dark? What a testimony. She walked with God in the dark. Wow. Christy, that'd be a good title for your book. She walked with God in the dark. We would love to to fight for you because we understand there are strategies of hell against your life. And if you would let us, we'll fight with you. If we can have a time of prayer for that. So if you're in that season of life and it's just dark and it's hard and it's confusing, it's not a fun time for your life, would you make your way up here? Would you let us pray with you? Would you let us get around you? Would you let us believe God for you? Thank you. Thank you. We love you, Shayla. I know you're going through a really hard time. All of you. Come on. Just begin to join them. Just begin to join them. Just begin to love one another. Pray for one another. Believe God for one another. Cry. Go ahead and cry. Don't hold it back. You're with family tonight. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's condemning you. We have hurt. And God can help you. God can relieve you. Just let your soul 